If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. But does it say to you that an indictment is near? Do you believe that? I suspect near? it's I suspect it's near. I've said for a while that I think this is the most dangerous legal risk facing the former president. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I had to bet, I would bet that it's near. You believe there is enough evidence? Well, they won't indict if there's not enough evidence. But from what I've seen, uh, there's substantial evidence there. So that's former attorney general under Trump. Bill Barr being questioned about the latest. This is the documents case from Mar-a-Lago. And then you got the whole election thing or January 6th thing. Or are they the same thing? I don't know. But you got another one or two of those that could result in indictments. So it does, before we hear from Mike Pence or Chris Christie or whoever else is polling at 2%. For now. If you didn't have this hanging over Trump, I could easily make the argument of why are we paying any attention to these other candidates, given his lead. I mean, it's really quite historically amazing how far ahead he is. Yeah, but you made the point yesterday that people who didn't come close to winning have been way ahead at this point, too. And granted, Trump's different than that. Well, not like this. The the ahead in the past, I had the chart in front of me yesterday. I don't know now. Scott Scott Walker was in first place at this point in uh, 2016 before Trump really jumped in. And uh, but it was packed at like, you know. 19 to 14 to 12 to 11 to 9 to 7. Not mm-hmm. you've had a 60-point lead. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. Trump and has. It's a, it's a fair point. On the other hand, it almost suggests as if you're saying because there's one horse that's a, 
you know, it's a, a, a clear favorite and all the other horses are, are huge long shots. We shouldn't even run the race. I mean, we have plenty of time and all the horses are here. Let's run the race. Let's hear from the other horses. Yeah, I think I think if you had a normal candidate who wasn't under going to be under indictment, like in three different court cases, it wouldn't get near as much attention. But my point being, it's worth hearing from the other candidates when you got the lead candidate might be going to jail. That's out there as a possibility. I think that would be a terrible thing. I'm in agreement with George Will, who wrote a column right after the Mar-a-Lago raid. For people who say, let justice be done, though the heavens fall, how about we don't? How about we don't take a guy who is going to get like 75 million votes, win or lose, as the nominee and throw him in jail before you get a chance for democracy to run its course. Yeah, I I, I absolutely see his point. Yeah. yeah. At what point, though? I mean, yeah, I understand the other side, too, of nobody's supposed to be above the law. How would you treat somebody else? Blah, blah, blah. Right. If it turns out he killed 32 hitchhikers through the years, I mean, would you still make the same argument? You and George Will, borderline totalitarians? Um... Oh, no. Breaking news. Breaking news. Trump has responded to Chris Christie's attacks with a series of fat jokes. <laughs> oh, no. Who saw this? Everybody did. <laughs> Who saw this coming? <laughs> Speaking of Chris Christie's attacks, do you want to play some? Yeah, why not? Do we have any? Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, actually, he brought it. I happen to be watching a special report with Brett Bear live yesterday when uh, the big man was giving a speech in New Hampshire, and I sat there and watched. They they showed a good 10 minutes of it. He's on with Brett today, I think, this afternoon, being interviewed yeah, by Brett Bear in special yeah. report. That, that'll be pretty good. I think Donald J. is on, what, Monday? Something like that. Um... At any rate, uh, I was reminded Chris Christie's a heck of a good speaker. Oh, I mean, he's he, uh, great. I can see how he got elected to two terms, even in a blue, blue state like mm-hmm. New Jersey. Knows his way around a gravy boat. Yeah. Yeah, he certainly... What? Was that a... Uh, oh, Lord. Childish. Um, mm, all right, that's kind of long. Uh, I, this one is... Uh, this is harsh. Uh, the big man brings it in 91, Michael. The person I am talking about who is obsessed with the mirror who never admits a mistake, who never admits a fault, and who always finds someone else and something else to blame for whatever goes wrong, but finds every reason to take credit for anything that goes right, is Donald Trump. Yeah, the problem I have with that attack is I've heard that on Barack Obama and Bill Clinton and George Bush. Yeah, you show me the president who regularly doesn't take credit for things going right and and blame someone else for things going wrong. Who, who, who regularly says they were wrong. Show me that person. So um, the uh, the New York Times assembled eight of their columnists, and uh, including some arguably conservatives, and asked a bunch of questions about Chris Christie and him running. Of course, he's a tri-state guy, so they pay extra attention mm-hmm. to him. And he also, hates Trump, which makes out. him very excited. Right, yeah, he's going to take an axe to Trump, um, and so they're super excited about that. Um, what matters most about... Cheese breadsticks. Wow. You know, Trump's a bit of a big man himself. In fact, he's, he's like uh, obese, according to the, 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 the White House doctors, right? No, the White House doctor said he was the fittest man who's ever held the office. No, that was a quack Trump knew from Manhattan. That wasn't the White House doctor. Um. Anyway, you know, what's the most interesting? Uh, Van Jones, one of the things, I think it was Van Jones, wasn't it? 
uh, said, what's the most interesting part of his candidacy? And uh, and he said, uh, a man with the most dangerous man is the man with nothing to lose. And that's Chris Christie. And then I like this part, too. Imagine you're a GOP operative or campaign manager. What's your elevator pitch for a Chris Christie candidacy? Um, Frank Bruni's boring as usual, and he's a liberal. Uh, <laughs> what, what, is, what is your elevator pitch for the reason Chris Christie runs? I can read it to you. It's short. By the Iowa caucuses, Trump could be under multiple indictments mm. and in such a flamboyant mental tailspin that Republicans must listen seriously to his rivals. Are they really going to prefer DeSantis's whine to Christie's roar? Okay. Mm. Uh, New Jersey normalcy? Yeah. I don't, Takes a bully to smack a bully. I, I got to admit, I don't fully understand why Chris Christie has never caught on, but he did not do well last time around. Well, he put everything, time, money, his energies into New Hampshire and finished sixth. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He For, for reasons that are not that clear to me, honestly, but it is what it is. Uh-huh. So anyway, it was David French who said, no one is more dangerous than a man with nothing to lose. Here's another elevator pitch. Uh, you want a straight-talking, no-holds-barred candidate who will pummel your enemies but stop short of fomenting an insurrection? Christie's your guy. Uh, another one says, spicy words, bland policies. Uh, here's one who says, wouldn't it be fun to see him debate Joe Biden? Uh, it would be. Like that. Actually, it would be, yeah. Oh, he would He would flame Biden. He does that thing. I mean, it's because I, I mentioned that I went back and watched him debating when he so-called kicked Marco Rubio out of the race. He does do that thing where he leans sideways on the podium and looks you in the eye, and you've got the, you're put in a position of, Am I going to lean on the podium and look him in the eye? Which is, or am I going, both, neither one's a good option. Or am I going to stare straight ahead and act like he's not staring me down? I mean, right. a, I, don't know, I don't know how you deal with that. Yeah, that's a good technique. You're right. That's so uncomfortable. And, he's, I, and he, I, his size. Eye rolling. You got to roll your eyes at him. Oh, here he goes. Again. Well, this, <laughs> is, this is not a fat joke. His size plays a role, just like I think Trump's size plays a role. Just a physically big guy turning his whole body toward you. How about this? How about that? And you've got to, like, parry that somehow. Oh, my. I'm looking at uh, Trump's truth. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's Chris Christie apparently sitting at a buffet, and he's the only guy eating. <laughs> Oh, it was him at the uh, town hall meeting, except they've uh, photoshopped a giant buffet in front of him and a sign that says buffet. I did see the first reaction was uh, Chris Christie will absolutely eat Ron DeSantis' lunch and everyone else's. (laughs) Okay, here you go. Oh, my gosh. So uh, Christie's theme last night. This is no way to pick the leader of the free world, by the way. These jokes. (laughs) No, I'm done? laughing out loud. <laughs> Are you done with your whining? We can get back to the fun. You're absolutely right, by the way. God <laughs> help the union. Um, but so Christie's theme of the speech last night was that we've become small, small people worrying about small things, bickering in smaller and smaller groups. We've got to think of America's big again. We've got to come together. We've got to be that great country and not be bickering about small things. Uh, pretty good theme. Uh, Trump replies, How many times did Chris Christie use the word small? Does he have a psychological problem with size? Actually, his speech was small and not very good. Rambled all over the place. Nobody had a clue what he was talking about. Hard to watch. Boring. But that's what you get from a failed governor, New Jersey, who left office with a 7% approval rating and then got run out of New Hampshire. 
This so, time it won't be any different. You I said think it was 15%. Well, okay, but you mentioned yesterday it was really low when he left office. It was, I believe, the lowest uh, departure approval rating of any governor in the history of Gallup or whoever's doing the polling. That's, I mean, I don't think anybody needs to go at Chris Christie at this point. But if he if he were to rise in the polls, that's a pretty good knock. Also, that whole closing the bridge thing that well, that's he, that's all of it. Yeah, because he won a landslide election for his second term in a very blue state as a moderate Republican. It was really it was Ron DeSantis esque. But then that whole Bridgegate thing just brought him down, which he got caught red handed on that. Right. They had emails and all kinds of different stuff. Uh, kind of, sort of. He still had plausible deniability to blame, like his chief of staff. Yeah, his people, though, clearly did it. Oh, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'll be oh, fun. How, how about Mike Pence? Indulge me. Give me a little, uh, give me a, a clip 93 here. He made his big announcement, too. My family and I have been blessed beyond measure with opportunities to serve this nation, and it'd be easy to stay on the sidelines. But that's not how I was raised. That's why today, before God and my family, I'm announcing I'm running for President of the United States. We can bring this country back. We can defend our nation and secure our border. We can revive our economy and put our nation back on a path to a balanced budget. Defend our liberties and give America a new beginning for life. Man, that's a great ad in 1988. Brilliantly done, very traditional, utterly sincere, and I accept Mike Pence as a very sincere man, and I think you've nailed it. i got to work on that facial expression he has for when I go to parties and stuff. Oh, positive attentiveness? Just, yeah. Yeah. And you could quickly morph it into anything you need to if things turn serious or humorous. Right. You're yeah, kind of right in subtle... between. Mm. <laughs> like I saw him drop the line like 10 times over the weekend, and he did it with such politician expertise. We realize we're well known, but we're not known well. And, <laughs> and I just thought, wow, that is so 1988. Uh, that sort of that is a pearl of wisdom right there. Uh, you know, I had to work with one of my kids who will remain nameless because I became aware that that person was transparent in their level of interest with what was being said. And if it was slightly boring or he, she, or it was not into it, you mm. could read it on their face. I have that problem. And I said, you are going to spend a lot of time listening to things that are dopey, a waste of time, whatever, from people who you need to be in good graces with. Let's work on this. <laughs> and And that person is now terrific at it. Really? You know, I ought to open up a clinic. Is your kid transparently bored when stupid stuff happens? <laughs> this will hold them back in business. Send them to Joe's house of being pleasantly attentive. <laughs> It'll be like two lessons. I'll charge, I don't know, 350 bucks, something like that. Is it like pulling a nose hair or something? No, that's if you need to cry. <laughs> no, you just have to rehearse in the mirror. Just practice and be aware of it. Your face just goes slack. Your eyes roll I'd back. I'd say about 80% of the time, though, I don't mind communicating the message that I'm bored to death or uninterested in what you're saying. I have no problem with that whatsoever. You're trying to sell me something? I love communicating the, I don't give a crap. Yeah. Leave well, it me depends alone. on the setting. It depends on the setting. <laughs> it you know, certainly if you're does. A, a young person trying to get ahead in the world, it's oh, no uh, doubt. best to be able to control that. You don't want your boss thinking your old mister uh, doesn't care about anything. Right. Or missus. Exactly. Right. Uh, or is visibly hostile in certain people's cases. <laughs> I'm not going to name anybody. 
Uh, much more on the way. Armstrong and Getty. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I thought maybe this won't continue to happen in other sports. Maybe the swimming is the exception, and I've seen this blow up. Every single sport, women's sport imaginable, has been infiltrated by biological males competing on the women's team. And I decided that, you know, it's okay if I get some hate and I shouldn't be scared anymore because I need to use my voice and encourage other women to speak out against unfair competition. I was interested at the time. We were talking about this a lot. Every swim meet, practically, we'd talk about how, hey, Leah Thomas won again and set another record, pool record, defeating all her teammates and everyone else there, swimming for the University of Pennsylvania. And her teammates kept their mouths shut at that time. Well, now some of them are starting to speak out about how unfair and uncool they think it is and and how they were threatened. And that's why they kept their mouths shut. Threatened by... Uh, university yeah university swimming officials that sort of thing yeah yeah you know i just uh, i was reading an article about this the other day and they had a picture of leah thomas there with a teammate and it was so it was almost hilarious there was a, a similar story too about the um the transgender human who won the skiing competition we mentioned in uh, i think it was california lake tahoe and in both cases the so-called transgender girl towered over the other people, had shoulders that were a third more broad, hands that were twice the size of their competitors. 
It's just, if you need anything, any argument beyond those photographs, there's something wrong with you. Anyway, I thought this was interesting. The Washington Post uh, headline, Disney welcomes gay days in Florida as the feud with DeSantis rages on. And they go into the detail of various people here. Uh, this two, Mark and Robert, knew they'd made the right decision to travel to Florida when they spotted a sea of people wearing red T-shirts emblazoned with the words, Say Gay in front of Disney World's Magic Kingdom. You can always say gay. Nobody was forbidding anybody from saying gay. They didn't want second graders taught about gender-bending theories. Well, the argument from the other side and what you were just talking about would be that Nikola Jokic towers over all the other NBA players on the court tonight in the NBA Finals. So some people are just bigger than others. That is such a weak argument. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. But you get back to this gay day thing. Uh, the partners had decided ultimately they weren't going to let travel advisories, new state laws targeting the LGBT community, and a bitter public feud between Ron DeSantis and Disney keep them away. We're here because it's gay days. It's that simple. What struck me about this is they weren't going to let travel advisories. Okay, let's stop there. That was the uh, who was the uh, put out the travel advisory, the NAACP or something like yeah, that? Yeah, right, right. That was a joke. All right, that was ridiculous. It was hilarious. New state laws targeting the LGBT community. Do you mean not teaching kids about uh, sex practices in second grade and not having experimental surgeries on adolescents? That has nothing to do with you going to Disney. Go, have fun. That's fine. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think in the year 2023, it is utterly embarrassing that the liberal side has him as their best candidate. What does it say about you when that is the best candidate that you can give the left? That is ridiculous. That's not a knock against Joe Biden. More so than it's an indictment against the Democratic Party. So that's sportscaster Stephen A. Smith, who's a really big deal in the world of sports, if you don't follow sports on ESPN, and he's always yelling about various things. He's also one of those sports broadcasters. He's a, a black guy who's uh, who's very... Uh, I'm, is there a term we can use other than woke to describe? I mean, it's good shorthand, and everybody knows what it means, but I, 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 I must admit, as Trump said the other day, uh, I'm a little tired of the term. Is there any other mm. term that can be substituted occasionally? I don't know. It's a particular brand of progressive, uh, but... I don't know. Uh, what am I, Mr. Wordmaker guy? I do feel like it's overused, though. Um, pe- people people who are complaining that it is now a substitute for anything you don't like, I think, have an argument. Um, I don't want it to be a substitute for everything I don't like because I think it's a particular thing. Right. Agreed. 100%. I just but, use it to mean one particular thing. But. Yeah. Anyway, I uh, got off track here. Stephen A. Smith, he was always, he's big on the, the lefty liberal arguments in sports and always very, you know, opinionated, one-sided about that. Um, and uh, he, he he carries a heft. I mean, he's a big deal. He's a big voice in all of sports. And he was on Sean Hannity last night saying what you just heard there, that it's an embarrassment that liberals can't, you know, come up with somebody better than Joe Biden to be their candidate. And here he, here he is arguing with... Um, Sean Hannity over the mental competency of the current president. 
I'm not engaging in age. I'm not asking for derogatory like comments. Clear, do you, do you, do you think saying, he's a cognitive mess? I didn't say you were. Do you think he's a cognitive mess? I'm not going to say he's a cog. I'm not going there. What I can say to you is that I think there's an abundance of people who could do better. And I hate the fact that in Stephen the year 2023 that we have a bunch of liberal candidates out there that, that think he's the guy. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with for you? For being straightforward, blunt, truthful, and honest. And I you am. can't say, you can't say the, you can't speak the obvious that Joe Biden's a cognitive mess. Of course he's a cognitive mess. I'm not going to label, excuse me, I'm not going to label it that way, Sean. What I'm going to tell you is this. I'm looking at him and I don't like what I see. I'm not impressed <laughs> with what I've seen. I've been very concerned with what I've seen. So he, um, that's the silence that speaks louder than the words. Right. It is, it is kind of interesting because his brand is being willing to say things other people won't say. And uh, he wasn't willing to say that. Well, and he wasn't willing to say the opposite either. So here's the only reason I think this is a big deal, is Democrats get 90% of the black vote, can count on it every single election. If Stephen A. Smith is out there saying Joe Biden shouldn't be president, he actually will play... um, uh, uh, 98? uh, 99. 99. Well, no, that's not the one I want. Well, I don't know. Well, play 98. I don't know if he says it in this clip or not. But my staff tells me you're friends with Chris Christie. You know, you don't want him for president, do you? I'd rather have him for president than Donald Trump. I'll be the first to admit that. I understand that he's got a uh, gladiatorial attitude and he's ready for, to, to, combat, to combat. We know what he did to Marco Rubio in 2016 during the primaries and all of that stuff. We get all of that. I think that he's a guy that is not walking around and preaching about, you know, uh, uh, rigged elections and all of this other stuff. He's about moving the country forward. I don't know whether he'll win or not. I know it's a long shot. I understand that Donald Trump's got him beat by a mile at this particular moment in time. But in the same breath, I don't think he's going to be pushed around by the former president. And I think that Chris Christie knows what he's talking about. He's highly intelligent. I have a confession to make All right. that I'm mildly embarrassed about, and I don't know why. I have only an incredibly vague recollection of Chris Christie and Marco Rubio and what unfolded and what he said. Yeah. Is it worth even remembering? Or? I do. I watched it the other day. Um, Was uh, it competitive eating? But do we want to be that inside Michael. the the Michael. inside the Beltway baseball sort of? I just feel like so many of these conversations are for the pundit class, and no normal human beings are engaging in them at all. Yeah, I would agree with that. I've just heard that reference like every time Chris Christie comes up. Remember how he went after Marco? He reduced Marco Rubio to a blubbering mess. He pulled down Marco Rubio's pants and did his wife in front of him. I mean, it's just and I'm thinking, I don't really remember that. Um, I actually considered maybe grabbing it and playing it for our podcast just because it is kind of entertaining. Maybe we'll do that for our podcast today. That's what we'll do. We'll do for our one more thing. I can uh, I can grab it pretty quickly. It's like two minutes long, and it's kind Armstrong of strong and Getty. One more thing that sounds intriguing. I'll bet I could find that wherever I download podcasts. It's it's purely in the mind of pundits. These moments in various debates and how much they mattered. In my opinion, mm. yeah. I, I don't I don't think they are the determinant factors. Uh, but the reason I was claiming that we played those Stephen A. Smith clips and I thought think it's important is I was in a black bookstore. Not long ago in a, in a black neighborhood of where uh, we live here and a black bookstore. And there are several Stephen A. Smith books prominently displayed there. And I just think if he's got the ear of black of America and has, you know, some gravitas with that crowd and is saying Joe Biden should not be president, I could make a difference. I suppose I'm just a little shocked that there are segregated bookstores around the radio ranch. I was not aware of that. On the Oak Park neighborhood. Oh, 
It's a, yeah. uh, I, I don't know if they call it a black bookstore, but it was all black authors. And Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know it existed. Yeah. And I was interested, to, uh, surprised to see that he's got several prominent books. But you don't have to peel off a heck of a lot of uh, the black vote, the Hispanic vote, the whatever, if you're Donald Trump, to win in a close election, which I think it well, would be again. You'd love to have those votes, but if you can just have them stay home, that's good enough. True. That too. That too. Anyhow. Hmm. Uh, I feel like I had one more thing to say on that. Nah, it feels to me that. like there's a hell of a lot that's going to happen between now and anybody casting a vote in uh, New Hampshire or, or Iowa. Including indictments of Trump and how people are going to react to that. Is there a straw that breaks the camel's back sort of situ- situation where it's like, I don't know, third time he's been indicted? I don't think so. I think people s- stick with him. Through thick I think and the thick. core does. <laughs> yeah, I think most of the core does. Well, especially, Although, it depends. It's, some of it might depend on how strong the case is. I think almost everybody came out of this last indictment with, what are you doing? This is oh, yeah. so freaking bogus. Yeah, I've been quite critical of Trump, and that was a ridiculous indictment and entirely political. Stupid. The, the documents thing is actually going to be an obstruction of justice charge or a racketeering, something like that. It's not about having the documents. It's about uh, interfering with the collection of them and lying and that sort of thing, uh, if indeed charges are brought. Over something that nobody thinks was actually a big deal. Because as you keep saying, do you know anybody who's concerned that he had those documents at his house? Not really. No. No. The the one allegedly about some sort of attack plans for Iran, if if he had that laying around Mar-a-Lago or uh, you know up in a plaque or something you could look at, well, I, what were, that, what that were, would be uncool. But were, I don't know that to be the case. What were Biden's documents? Do we know? No, they're they classified. Had, had in boxes next to the Corvette. Well, and that's why so uh, people are so ready to say this is a fix. It's a political hit job because be, the, the documents are classified. They can't tell you what was in them. So they trust us. They were important. It was terrible that he, terrible that he had them. Oh, Biden's, those were to- totally innocent. They're fine. Although, again, it's not about the documents. It's about the obstruction of justice. But I see your point. I mean, if, if they launch an inquiry that I'm not folding my laundry correctly and I obstruct justice, you know, it's hard to get people too ginned up because of the, the base case. Right. Clinton committed perjury, but he was lying about whether or not he had an affair. So the Senate decided, I got booed on the public, in polling it seemed to say, was saying, we're not going to boot you out of the, being president because you lied about whether or not you had sex, even if it is perjury. I feel this is kind of the same. I mean, you, you obstructed justice on something nobody actually cares about. Yeah, I, I, it's not nearly as cut and dried as the Clinton thing, I don't think. Uh, just because if he knowingly kept highly classified stuff because he thought it was a cool souvenir and then lied about it. Uh, What's well, with different. all Biden? Biden's been moving boxes, it would seem, for years from house to yeah. house to house. Well, the counter argument is, and again, I'm not making it because I'm not that concerned, as, as I made clear. But the counter argument is the minute somebody said, hey, you've got classified stuff. He said, here it is. Take it. Mm. As opposed to lying it, lying about it, moving it, hiding it, intentionally flooding a storeroom, allegedly. Well, I'm not going to get on your never Trump train here. That was fair. <laughs> Why don't you call me a racist next? I'm just trying to let people know what the arguments are that they're going to hear. Yeah. 
I'm just here to to edumacate folks. God dang it. I just I don't have it. I can't do it. I can't go through it again. I can't go through the he's going to be indicted. We're in a plane. We're following his car from the golf club to the airport. Now we're following the plane. Now we're following the limo to downtown wherever where he will be indicted here. I can't do it. I'd half forgotten that happened. You're right. That was one of the most absurd, (laughs) hilariously stupid things in the history of American television. He's now turned down 32nd Street, Anderson. He's proceeding down 32nd Street. Or even go back back a day earlier. Tomorrow at this time, he will walk down that hallway. He will turn left at that corridor. He will walk. What are we doing? That's right. And all the cameras in the courtroom watching cops mill around. And there's like one hot cop who is a thing for like 24 hours. <laughs> Look, this is not a serious country. Meanwhile, China is plotting our demise and arming themselves to, to, to stand astride the world, spreading communism and oppression. And we're doing this. <laughs> right. Oh, boy. Well, we are going to live And you know what? Again. Honestly, honestly, I think that's the greatest danger to Trump is people say, you know, rightly or wrongly, this is a poop show. Maybe he is being persecuted. Maybe he doesn't deserve this stuff. Maybe everybody is against him. But for goodness sakes, we got to move on from this. Or it could work completely 180 degrees the other way. There's been mm -hmm. so many of them that were nothing that people say, whatever, another, of course they're going after Trump. They always do. And become completely cynical. Yeah, I'm not telling you one is more likely than the other. I'm just saying if there's a real danger to Trump from all of this, it would be that people just saying, all Mm -hmm. right, it's time to end the circus. In the words of the great, the wise, the persuasive Ted Cruz, the time for the... What did he say? I can't the remember the exact... Bears. <laughs> the Do you know what that was clip, it, Michael? Michael? Do we still have that clip? I will uh, pull it out for you, and we can come back with it. <laughs> we will when we come back. The, the time, time for the dancing for the bears, dancing bears is <laughs> Good point, Ted. And it turned How out are your polls looking. Turned out he was really wrong. We had lots more dancing bears to go. We're still watching them dance. <laughs> we will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick. And hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here 
both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. There you go. There it is. Clowns and acrobats and dancing bears. What a good time that would be, huh, kids? Turns out it was not passed, and we're still into it. Seven years on. The Um, bears still dancing. So, uh, last week of school for both my kids, and... uh, Take them to the Dancing Bear Show. (laughs) (laughs) For my youngest, we had to tell the band teacher whether or not he's going to continue on with his musical instrument. And he uh, played the snare drum in the band this year, first year, and uh, didn't really dig it. In a way, a lot of kids don't dig playing a musical instrument because it's hard and requires effort. And there's not a lot of payoff in the early going of playing musical instruments. True. Yeah. But I uh, am super into playing musical instruments and love it and practice something every single day, uh, like piano or guitar almost every single day. I just really love it. And I was kind of hoping by osmosis it would catch on with my kids, and it hadn't yet. But I'll tell you what needs to happen. If you've got a kid that is not interested in music and you want them to be, I don't understand why this doesn't happen more often. I've thought many times, if somebody had exposed me to more Miles Davis when I was a seventh grade trumpet player, I think I'd have been super interested in like practicing and becoming that as opposed Mm -hmm. to, you know, John Philip Sousa stuff or or whatever that I just wasn't that, you know, into because I did not practice a musical instrument when I was in junior high and high school to my uh, detriment. And, uh, and, and and the same thing happened with guitar. I remember when I was taking early guitar lessons. They have play, have you playing this lame, lame ass oh, stuff that just like right. nobody has any interest in. And there's so many simple like popular songs they could have you play where you'd feel like you're doing something. And so my son, who was just not really digging playing the drums that much, and I was really trying to encourage him. We were at his school ending event a week or so ago, and they had the local uh, university. Um, I think it was their uh, uh, alumni band. So there's. Super cool. The alumni band for this college is, they're really into it. It's a big thing. They have a party and they play all these events and they seem to have a really good time. Um, but anyway, they were playing there and we were up close watching it and the snare drum players were just killing it and twirling their sticks and dancing around and being cool in the way that 
music, playing a musical instrument can be really, really cool and make you look really, really cool. And he yeah. saw that, and now all of a sudden he's into it and wants to be that. And so he, he's, he wanted to sign up for the next level of playing the drums because he was exposed to something that was not just a rat-tat-tat, this is dull, I feel like a lame girls aren't going to like this, as opposed to seeing you know, the example yeah. of everybody thinks you're cool when you're doing that. Yeah, you know, I ought to send you some videos of, of fantastic drummers he'd be into. But your point is a great one. And that was one of the great gifts of my music teacher in elementary school is she helped us love music in addition to, you know, just the compulsory stuff, you know, singing or banging on a drum or whatever. Because um, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, every kid who picks up a football is well aware of the NFL, and, and they're heroes, and they watch the diving catches and the and the, the hard tackles and the rest of it. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent example of how yeah you have the cool stuff that gets them interested in the basics. If for sports all you were introduced to was like the basic drills, you'd think yeah, what's exactly. the this is no fun. What's cool about this? Right, right. Now music is so omnipresent, you'd think. The kids would have a sense of it because they can hear the drumming, for instance. But sometimes it takes seeing it, being around it, feeling the energy of it live, I think. I could tell by watching him that he was super enthralled with watching these drummers be cool, guys. I'll start taking them out to clubs with live music for you. (laughs) Awesome. We'll go see bands every Friday night. That'll be fun. Hey, kids. It's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. He's short for his age or dwarfism or something. Let him in. <laughs> Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. There he is, pressing the buttons, our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought? Yeah, I was uh, in high school and my teacher, my band teacher said, do you want to uh, remain with the band? And I said, no. But instead of saying no, I just played this. <laughs> And I just walked away. <laughs> That's a useful song. If you only know one song, the sad uh, trumpet. Uh, Katie Green, our esteemed newswoman. Katie, a final thought for us? We've been talking a lot about Apple products. I have a rowing machine at my house, and I did 30 minutes yesterday. Got up, sat back down to drink some water, and my Apple Watch told me it thought I w- it was time for me to stand. I just worked out sitting down. I'm going to ditch all of these things. I think I'm done. Shut up, Apple Watch. <laughs> I don't like to business. be nagged to watch or stand by my wrist instrument. Yeah, I don't use my watch that much. I, I, I have a feeling I may in the future, but so I'll not wear it for three days, and I'll put it on and it'll say, Joe, you're pretty still yesterday. It's time to get moving. I'm like, no, I wasn't. You were. Jack, a final thought for us? Speaking of the being the last week of school... Uh, it's. I remember this from when I was in school. The last week of school, you don't really do anything. So, uh, why are you going? It's just. Do they, is there a feeling that you need to wind down? You just can't abruptly stop after a test or something. Is is that the philosophy, or why is the last week mostly nothing? There are a minimum number of days they have to have legally, and I think they make sure they squeeze everything in before that, just in case it gets mm. cut short. I don't, oh, I don't know exactly, they leave but... a little wiggle room, maybe, in case. Yeah, I don't have a problem with yeah. it. The kids love it. Yeah. Chilling out with your buds in classrooms. Fine. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. we got the hot links for you there. Great articles. Read them. Send them around to your friends. Uh, drop us an email. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. And buy a t-shirt, would you? We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America.
Armstrong and Getty. How, how many more hours am I doing this? Yeah. I'm serious. Go away. I am here. Uh, That's ludicrous. Right. I'm so grotesque. I do think it risks escalating tensions. Well, don't smoke crack. Do you understand? I cannot understand the word you're saying. Come on. Okay. So let's go out with a bang. Man, I can jam so. some ambrosia and sing to it in my car. Just jam the ambrosia. I, are you sure of that, dude? On that high note? Hasta la vista. <laughs> Baby. Thank you. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.